0: Every team, every topic,
1: everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com B-L-E-A-V. Or use the code B-L-E-A-V. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with NordVPN's 30-day money-back guarantee. My whole family loves Magic Spoon. It's excellent to have on hand for so many reasons. But here's the main reason. Your sweet tooth is going to come rearing no matter how much you're taking care of your diet. So to have delicious, amazing, actually healthy cereal with only 140 calories per serving and 13 or 14 grams of protein in it on hand in your, uh, in your pantry there, it's like an ace up your sleeve. My daughter loves it. I love it. My wife loves it. And, look, it's just great because every once in a while you're going to get cravings. And why throw everything away by ordering that pizza or digging into the ice cream when you can have a delicious bowl of Magic Magic Spoon cereal? It's so good. It tastes as good, if not better, than your favorite childhood cereals. And, like I said, 13 or 14 grams of uh, protein, 140 calories, gluten-free, keto-friendly, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb. Go to magicspoon.com slash Mikey. Grab a custom bundle of cereal. Try it today. Be sure to use the promo code Mikey at checkout. Save $5 off your order. Remember, your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the promo code Mikey to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Performance in the bedroom is important. It's not just your ego. It's a matter of having a healthy, happy life. So if there's something that comes up, That's worrying you about your performance in the bedroom. Just get help. Don't hesitate. But oftentimes, getting help can be even more embarrassing and awkward than the situation itself. Why? Because of pharmacy visits, doctor visits. I understand. That's where Blue Chew comes in. An amazing service. An amazing service for you. The exact same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis in a chewable tablet at a fraction of the cost. And the best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. If you could benefit in any way from extra confidence in the bedroom when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. Special deal for you, try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code Mikey at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code Mikey. Receive your first Month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information is all there for you as well. Thank you, Blue Chew. Thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast. Lucy, Lucy, you are the best. If you know anything about me, you know that I am always telling people about how great the drug nicotine is. It really is amazing cognitive benefits. It can help with metabolic uh, efficiency and uh, it does a great job of curbing cravings. Controlling appetite. Nicotine is fantastic. But oftentimes, how you get your nicotine can be kind of yucky, whether you're chewing tobacco or smoking or vaping. That's where Lucy comes in. They've got the new Lucy capsule pouches, which are breakable flavor balls with uh, four or eight milligrams of a clinical dose of the amazing nicotine spearmint, mango, cool cider. They all taste fantastic. I can tell you firsthand. They've got the uh, little snooze pouches. They've got the gum. Lucy makes an incredible, incredible array of products to make sure that you get your nicotine in a safe and effective way, okay? It's 2022. Don't compromise when you're choosing your nicotine products. Go with the newest tobacco-free options from Lucy. And Mikey likes you listeners. Go to lucy.co. Use promo code Mikey. Get 20% off your first order. That's lucy.co. Promo code M-I-K-E-Y. And I have to let you know, this product contains non-tobacco nicotine, and nicotine is, in fact, an addictive chemical. Lucy.co. Be sure to use that promo code Mikey. Welcome to the Mikey Likes You podcast. I am Mikey, who is liking, and you are you, who likes. Uh, I'm joined, at least at the beginning of this podcast, by a very special guest, my daughter. and <laughs> One of the most important things that's ever come into my life. Magnolia Moon Catherwood. Welcome. Hello. Yeah. Thank
0: you for inviting me to your podcast.
1: It's uh it's my pleasure. Can uh, remember like 10 seconds before we went on the podcast I told you don't look at the screen.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> 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 um uh, I'll do this. Sorry. I would describe you as someone who's really healthy. Both your your mental health, your physical health, and your emotional health. You're, you're. And
0: also, I'm healthy in sorts of what to do. What does that mean? Well, I'm not the sort of kid that like, like every second wants to watch TV. I'm the kind of kid who's like, I go to bed late because I'm crafting all night.
1: You do love arts and crafts, and you know, although being creative um, <laughs> is 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 amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it does come with its downsides, though, don't you think?
0: Yes, yes.
1: What do you think some of those are? Because I know, I know what I feel like.
0: Uh, sometimes, like, if I'm up late crafting, then I stop and I'm like, okay, I'm going da- to call it a day. I'm going to call it a day. I'm really tired and I'm good. Uh, I walk upstairs Five minutes later, I'm starting to drift off to sleep. My my mom yells, "Magnolia Moon, Catherine, clean up this mess right now!" And I just stagger downstairs and clean it all up.
1: And that's a, a very compelling story. But what is what's the 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 moral of that? What why is that? Um. Why is that a bad thing about being creative?
0: Because you do all this fun stuff, right? What's that? You do all this fun stuff, right? And you create, you have a great time.
1: Painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just made a a clay figure. Yeah,
0: you make a whole mess. (laughs) And then when you're done, you have to clean it all up. And that takes like. And most of the time, I'm up late, like really late crafting. So, yeah, that's helpful. Okay. Really helpful.
1: Well, I I was going to say that being creative, and Papa's definitely a creative person. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm I'm not going to speak to the quality of the things that I create, but I create things every day. Every single day of yeah. that goes Whether by. Whether it's I have,
0: a chicken coop or... Yeah,
1: building, help building chicken coop, drawing pictures, um, uh, putting together, uh, playing songs, writing mm-hmm, songs for, yeah. you know, either Rudy writes a song or Papa writes a song, right?
0: Yeah, um, but sometimes in different ways... In one way, you're more crafty than me, like in the chicken coop world, or like <laughs> constru- construction and yeah, and construction and drawing. But I'm the kind of person that likes um, like clay, mm-hmm. uh, painting on things that maybe aren't meant to be painted on. I'm the kind of abstract, abstract painter in the sense of what to paint
1: on. Okay, and you think Papa has pretty a little bit more narrow. Kind of yeah. uh, stuff that he focuses in on.
0: Yeah, like building, drawing. Did, did, did. But I, 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 I'm just like everywhere. I'll paint anything. Honestly.
1: Well, you're <laughs> you're, you're kind of everywhere all the time as a person. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's why it's hard for you, oftentimes, to clean up after yourself because yeah. you've intellectually you've moved on to like four other things yeah. by the time you're that's done with. That's
0: why the house is a mess.
1: <laughs> that's why the house is a mess. Yes. Uh. Um and. That's okay. It's just that's who you are. And that's kind of what I was thinking about when I was saying that being creative can be the most exceptional thing in the world. I mean, creating art is really what makes humans different from all other animals in the kingdom, right? Animals make things, but they usually make it for function. Humans are the only thing I think that the only animal or creature that makes things just to be appreciated. Yeah. You know? But it's hard to concentrate a lot of times, right? It's hard to stay focused.
0: Yeah, because sometimes if I'm like half asleep, say. Say I'm half asleep. You're
1: half asleep, okay.
0: Yeah, but I'm doing something I really love. Okay. And I try to stay awake so bad, but I just can't. Okay. Sometimes you just have to listen to that go to sleep. Okay,
1: okay. Again, (laughs) very compelling argument. I was thinking about when I, as I was asking you these questions and thinking about imagination and how Papa has a lot of imagination and it's going all the time and you have a lot of imagination and it's going all the time. We both have imaginary friends, you know, do you want to tell them about yours?
0: Well, it goes back far back to when, about when I was born. I almost All the got- way
1: back to when you were born seven years ago? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, my parents were thinking about naming me Noli. And now, you might not know, but hold that,
1: Okay, hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's not true. We were we had already decided we were going to name you Magnolia, but yes. my mom your mom and I had had these conversations about what we would probably end up calling you like a nickname, yes, and, and we said- both thought Noli. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they both thought Noli, but that ended up changing once I was born. It ended up being Maggie.
1: Or Mags. And, I say or, Mags a lot. Yeah, yeah
0: and Liv calls me Mags too. If you don't know who Liv is, that's my friend. Yes. Real friend. And but then Noli ended up being um my imaginary friend. And every night when I would go to bed, my dad would tell me these stories about his imaginary friend, Abigail. That's right. And uh, I most of the time I was like too young to really think straight, so I would just be like, "Oh, cool, he has this like, imaginary friend." Um, but it's just that 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 doesn't really matter. I I'm the present.
1: You <laughs> you're staying in the present, right? With your imaginary Excuse friend. Excuse got- me,
0: I was five.
1: Yes. Yes. I was yes. Five. Yeah.
0: And um, but you were, you were I,
1: far more immature yes, back so then. I was,
0: yes. yes. I was five, but. As I grew up, I started to actually be able to see her. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I just picked them up from the airport because you left.
1: That's I right. Left so you second. you and mom took me to the airport. Yeah. But while you were there dropping me off, you picked up Noli Anna, and Anna, Abigail. And the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I always thought it was so cool to have imaginary friends, to be that kind of comfortable, just understanding that your mind can create anything. Mm-hmm. But- you know, you and I one time we had this conversation. Do you remember this conversation? We were walking to the park in Venice, and I said, uh, it's really awesome how you and Noli have such a great relationship. I remember how great mine was with Abigail. It's too bad I can't have that relationship with her anymore. And, and then
0: I brought her back.
1: And you were like, Why? Yeah. And I said, Well, because I'm a I'm a I'm a grown-up. And you said, So? Just decide, that and, then,
0: and then the next day, I remember when you woke up, you said, "Ah!" And that's how uh, that was about a week after fairy camp, and mm-hmm. that's how Abigail came back.
1: And so now she's back and in, in a part of our life, and it just helped me. It helped me a lot. And now she
0: does scavenger hunts for me.
1: She does. She helps the fairies set up scavenger hunts. Uh-huh. But it, I just wanted to say that, like that kind of stuff, really helped me because. Mom and I, and I think a lot of other adults, you get told stuff over and over again, like little lessons. Like you just got to believe in yourself. You just have to be well able Willpower
0: is the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, and I may hear it, and I may recognize that something is probably true, but it's hard to kind of do it on a yes, day-to-day yes, basis. Yes. And it's it was just beautiful for me because it made me recognize and really recognize... Little birdie. It made me really recognize... <laughs> That I can create anything. As long as I truly believe it in my mind, I could make it true, you know? Do you ever encounter that in your life?
0: Yeah, like um, like that time when I was like that day that I really had nothing to do. I it was about like six o'clock in the afternoon. I was sitting down, I had nothing to do, I felt like I had done everything. And I, and I just sat on my bed thinking to myself, I will have something to do in the next five minutes. I will have something to do in the next five minutes. I will have something to do in the next five minutes. But then in the middle of um, me saying that in my brain, I got an idea of what to do. Then, but the time before that, the way I knew it would work and the way I tried it, Mm -hmm. Because a time before that, I had said, I know I'll have something to do. I hope I'll have something to do. I hope I'll have something to do. But I gave up in the middle of saying it, and I never had something to do for the rest of the afternoon. I just sat there staring at the wall. You
1: stared at the wall, huh? Mm -hmm. And um, again, can I just get a summary of the point of that story?
0: It's just like, if you really put your mind on having... What you want and uh-huh. having and doing or being or what I'm saying is if you believe in yourself, you can always do something.
1: Really anything, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much. That's, a,
1: that's amazing. And I know you believe in yourself a lot. <laughs> do you ever have moments where you don't, where you don't believe in yourself? You kind of doubt yourself?
0: Uh, sometimes like, well, I go to a swimming school and the people there are pretty strict, pretty tight. And, uh, every time I go there, um, sometimes I just, uh, sometimes I wish it was more fun because it's, it's like, like, like the swim team with no time. It's like the swim team with no timing. And sometimes I'm as I'm swimming, I'm just like, will I ever complete this? This is so boring. This is so long. At least I'm not just staring at my wall. But still, <laughs> a good
1: point. At least I'm not still, staring at my wall. You always have that. Still. Yes.
0: Still. Still. <laughs> it, it's pretty boring.
1: So you're you're doubting yourself that you'll even be able to complete it because it's it's not keeping your interest. It's
0: not me. It's
1: hard. It's, it's not keeping. It's not
0: interest. me. Yeah.
1: No, I get that. I get that. If you had to, like, be be honest, you usually always are, especially when we talk about important stuff. Um, it, it When you look at your life growing up, you know, in, in the future and, it, you know, it's important to believe in yourself and have the vision of you doing whatever you want. What is it that you want to do? What is it that what is that ideal vision of Magnolia's life, let's say, 20 years from now?
0: Sometimes I see myself being a police officer. I really want to be a police officer.
1: Yeah, you came up you came to that conclusion pretty recently, right? And what is it about being a, a policeman or police policewoman that uh you you find so appealing?
0: Well, um I really like like good um mysteries and uh like fighting like getting doing something for the better and sometimes uh like for say mysteries i really like mysteries you love and, mysteries yeah you love them, I'll, I'll, I'll uh if there's like some sort of mystery like uh my dog's sitting on the floor and all the spatulas are gone i'll i'll, I'll go on a day's trip just to find those spatulas and yes. I love... The case mystery. of the
1: missing spatula.
0: <laughs> well, I I love mysteries. Yes, you do. So, um, you know
1: what you? I, I was gonna say you like pro, you just like problem solving, like you're big not on not
0: exactly, not really, okay, because like math. Oh,
1: that's a good point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not all problem solving is good.
1: Okay, oh, so so you like you love mysteries, you love getting to the bottom of yeah. it. Yeah,
0: um, and. I love how Nancy Drew just likes bad guy, bad guy, damn. damn. <laughs> and you feel like not only
1: is getting to the bottom of a mystery something that you 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 really enjoy, but also you like the idea of giving back to the world, right? Doing something yes. that's good for everyone.
0: Um, I like I like doing things that are nice. Like the time Gloria ate the last olive, I went ahead and bought a new pack. <laughs>
1: Wow, what a philanthropist you are! Gloria's our dog, by the way, one of our.
0: Dogs. Um, uh, I, you, uh, I,
1: I, I know, seriously, right? <laughs> supposed to be a professional broadcaster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: at the beginning of when we sat down to talk, I was saying that you're a healthy person, but all over in your body, in your soul, in your mind. Um, one thing that I've noticed about you that both mom and I really think is impressive. Is that you're? You have an unbelievable way a uh, uh, way to control the amount of food that you eat without yeah. without any. I, I know I don't want to make it seem like I put any limits on it, but you'll have something even like yummy ice cream or something, and you'll be like, you know what? I'm not gonna finish this. I'm, I'm full.
0: Yeah. And like 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 the time uh, I went to the movies and we had and I got that like big thing of ice cream. Yeah. And I only ate half of it. Then you took me out and got me cream puffs, and I only ate half.
1: That's right. That was an extraordinary day of sweets because we don't usually go that hard, do we? Um,
0: usually I'll just have steak all day.
1: You love steak. You are. <laughs> makes me so proud. Um, and
0: I'll eat ketchup in any meal.
1: You would shower in ketchup, I think, if you could. Um, how, how do you weigh... If have, I- We'll if get, I
0: could disable the water system, I'd fill it all up with ketchup. With ketchup. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean,
1: <laughs> it would be a yummy way of life. Uh, how do you balance the ability to, because you you eat a lot of yummy foods that are you know are very healthy. You eat a lot of, uh, you were talking about steak and juicy meats mm-hmm. and you love lamb and fish and, and all these things. How do you balance that with also allowing yourself to eat? this kind of yummy stuff that you know isn't that good for you. You know what I'm saying?
0: And how I like stop and I don't uh and I you mean like how I know when to stop with the um uh, like ice cream for Yeah, not necessarily. But, uh, I'm, I'm but not it stop in the middle of not a good enough amount well, of Well,
1: I I I'm not talking about just the limits uh, uh, that you put on yourself. What I'm talking about is you know that it's important to eat healthy foods because it makes you feel better and it makes your your you healthier, your body healthier. But you you understand that it's also good to keep your spirits up and have the things that you know maybe aren't necessarily that good for you, but they're super yummy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's a good way to live your life regardless of your age. How do you kind of find balance between the two? You know, where you don't where you don't overdo it in either direction.
0: Well, sometimes um, I'll just be eating,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and all of a sudden, I I'm just like like some something in the me goes like okay, that's en- that's enough. Yeah, easy on it, and then I'll be like um okay, and I'll just plop my plate next to the sink. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like sugar, I'll take like say three bites, then I'll put it away.
1: Yeah, impressive. I think you know what I think the difference is. I think a lot of People your age mm-hmm. have that ability a little bit better than people my age or, or you know, yeah. you, adults, because adults have stress. Had it more. Well, no, we have stress. and
0: But there's no one in the world that has um, more stress than Gloria. She's always being attacked by Harry.
1: <laughs> I would say that knowing a little bit more about people and their way of life around the world There's people with a lot more stress than our dog, Gloria, who understands Mm -hmm. every day she's Mm going to get her two meals and she gets really gourmet food and she has a loving household. Like you got to think there's a
0: loving carry. There's a lot of there's
1: (laughs) a lot of people grown ups. when you start to become a grown up, you have your own kids. You have your romantic partner and you have jobs and and you have have to pay and you have to pay the rent and you have to pay the mortgage and and um, things get really you get upset a lot more and I think when you get upset and stressed out it makes you want to eat stuff that you know isn't necessarily so healthy you know what I'm saying?
0: yeah I know
1: do you have stress in your life?
0: when I'm walking down to the uh, pirate ship that's my playground in my backyard Yeah, and Gloria knocks me down yeah
1: yeah no we can okay so Gloria is one of our dogs we have three dogs she's really big and she's really sweet, but she's really excited
0: all Yeah, the time. and I'll, I'll just be, like, walking down, like, just walking on my way to the play structure. All of a sudden,
1: And she has many like, times smashed Magnolia right off her feet.
0: Yeah. And I, uh,
1: like, I first try to control myself from laughing, and then I get really concerned that you're okay. Um, but So, so, so like since this, that, when, since that's happened before in the yeah, past, like you you're get stressed out about yeah. it's going to happen again.
0: Yeah. But like this morning when I was sledding, mm-hmm. I sledded and she starts to bolt up and she jumps into my face. Like literally. But you and I know, she, she's in doing in
1: it plans. out of love, right? She's doing. No, it.
0: no she's not. She's not. No, she, she no, no, no.
1: Do you think I am a good papa? You do.
0: Absolutely. Honestly? Yeah. Honestly? Yes, I pretended. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't no. You're gonna knock the microphone out. Sorry. I pretended to think about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. I, I thank you. I appreciate it. And you know why? What I think of you as a daughter. Yeah. What? What? If anything? Um. And I look. No relationship is perfect because that's just not reality. What do I do that you think is not cool? or or the that is at times not papa behavior
0: not really anything because um unless uh well when you yell at me but like
1: when do I yell at you You don't
0: exactly yell at me (laughs) but when you raise your voice yeah uh sometimes that kind of scares me um but other than that
1: but when do I raise my voice
0: Huh? Like, like it's like, always
1: usually attached to something, right?
0: Like maybe when I steal a gummy. I mm,
1: that kind of stuff doesn't give me. W- what gets or me upset? Or like,
0: like, like, like when I leave a mess out for three days.
1: I think what gets Papa upset is when
0: I don't be- listen to mom
1: because you and I know each other. We know each other pretty darn well, right? So when you do things that are understandable mistakes, and I go, oh, well, Maggie, she made a mistake, and she'll hopefully l- live and learn from this mistake and go on. Yeah,
0: you don't I don't, I don't very have any very problem. often.
1: But if you continually make mistakes that I know in my heart, I know for a fact, because I know you, you are aware that that was probably not the right thing to do, and you just continually do it, that's when Papa goes,
0: my daughter! Yeah, sometimes when you do that, I wish I could just take this not stick glue, glue to the ground for five seconds, then run away.
1: Let's, uh, let's leave the glue alone I will allow you because I can tell that you're getting fidgety to uh to go but I want to first thank you for joining me mm-hmm. I know that you love um uh, I know that you love this kind of stuff and I really do appreciate it but Papa I always like to play and do little kid stuff with you mm-hmm. and I like to do like that for, with you and your friends
0: yeah like for example, Yes. one of your favorite things in the world next to me and mom is Hampy.
1: I actually brought Hampy on Great News my other podcast yesterday but hold on I have a question so I really do I do I love to play around with you I love to pretend to be other characters and be pirates with you and stuff like that does it ever is there ever a point where you wish I wouldn't go go that hard with it because it might be embarrassing or
0: something um really because at my school apogee which is a great school it's one of my best (coughs) schools. excuse me it's one of my best schools yet um but uh sometimes he'll just come and i really cherish those moments where like i'm not saying this doesn't happen frequently actually it happens very frequently on the beach anywhere that there are kids he gets attacked so i really cherish those moments
1: you like when i get attacked it's hard i thank attack
0: you children, you're very attackable
1: children attack me yes i am attackable apparently
0: you're attackable even lola says oh <laughs> all, <laughs> all
1: right it says, go go have fun go do little kid stuff thank you should i get mom you can get mom that'd be great yeah thank you Okay, I'm back with a taller person.
2: (laughs) Just a taller version. A taller
1: version of the same person. Um, This is my wife, Bianca. Many of you know her. Um, But also, she's been a frequent guest on my podcast. the hell is Meg's laughing Um, And uh, I love her so much. Yay. She's bonkers, but in all the right ways. So are
2: you. Yeah,
1: totally. But I love... You know, and that's the thing about you and me and our relationship, I think, is that i it's really easy to be fond of people or things that are just, like, universally happy and positive. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? But um, I love you when it's hard. I love you when you're being cuckoo and... All that stuff. And that's, you know, I just love you for every little inch of you and all your accent, like Marley and me. <laughs> Remember Marley and me when he would, yes. the Marley would eat shit and they'd be like, oh, Marley, and you're my Marley.
2: Oh, I was just reading a quote about um, relationships and about how you aren't looking at the partnership for perfection. You're looking for the person that's gonna get down and dirty with you and who's going to yeah, build things with you. Down and dirty. <laughs> and. What is going on in there?
1: Hey, Magnolia! Yeah? Can you keep it down? Or shut the door or something? Huh? Or shut the door? Get down under
2: dirty. Well, and and I think that's the thing is like, unfortunately, we we're all kind of raised on this, you know, fairy tale notion of the perfect relationship. I don't
1: know if we're all. Uh, I think often more so than anything, it's it's women are raised on that reared on the idea of yeah, you know, kind of like a romantic comedy. I, yeah. You know, or pretty woman or, you know, those. Don't
2: put it all on women. I'm not.
1: And I'm not saying it's women's fault. I'm actually sticking up for women in that they get, um, they get programmed uh, a lot more than young boys do. I don't know how it is anymore, but certainly like growing up, I never had any kind of Yeah, but you do. No, of,
2: you do because of the images and because of magazines and movies, you do have I think m- women may more have the kind of Prince Charming, right. the whole over, but I think guys definitely are in the sense of the full package, you know, of the of, yeah. the, of the girl that's the God it all, you know, mm-hmm. and, and okay. who's, um, you know, a 10 and whose body is a 10. And, you know, I think that it's, it really is true. I believe that, uh, you know, when you genuinely fall in love with someone, you you fall in love with everything. You know, it always reminds me of that part in Goodwill Hunting where he says, "Like, you know, it's a little the thing that you don't miss the things." He, what does he say?
1: I don't know. I just remember he was telling this story about her, her farting. farting in her yeah. sleep.
2: You know, and he's like, it, "It's you don't not, you
1: really essentially you don't miss the things you would expect to
2: miss." Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and. You know, and I do think that for many people and I probably not probably I was one of these people is like a lot of times we look to relationships to complete the missing part of ourselves that we don't that we don't love, you know, that we don't love in our own selves. And so we're looking to complete it in somebody else. And um, and that can never work. And so then it's, of yeah. course, after the honeymoon period where. You know, everything's all goo goo gaga and, you know, lovey dovey. And then all of a sudden, in Ayurveda, they, um, everything is based on seasons. So, so everything is kind of done to the timing of every three months, right? So, in Ayurveda, they, they, it's not like a rule, but a, a recommendation is that you don't uh, sleep with your significant other or with the person you're dating for three months. So basically you allow one season to pass before you are physically intimate with each other. And the whole point is that, so you attach emotionally before you attach physically. Cause a lot of times what happens is people attach physically and that's not a sustainable attachment. That's yeah. a, that's usually an attachment based on superficial things. So, mm-hmm. um, You know, I know, like, when we first met and started dating, my my Ayurvedic practitioner that I've been working with for years was like, I don't, I want you to just try to be, you know, she. I wasn't supposed to, I was only supposed to see you, like, uh, every other day and never two days in a row, and I wasn't supposed to go anywhere with you for a while that was um, multiple days in a row, and because she said this is these are the secrets to longevity in a relationship is that everything is very slow and um, and that you get to know each other in that slow intimate way.
1: Yeah, I I don't have any problem with that. Like it, that never was difficult for me, uh, because I'd never looked at people. I never looked to people to fill those spaces, to fill those holes that I had inside. I, I looked to drugs and alcohol.
2: I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at you. You're because laughing. At it's, our it's, daughter, I is just going crazy with the dogs.
1: Um, well, I understand you were laughing at me too because that was hysterical <laughs> talking about the soul crippling depression. Well, that's why I, I felt
2: so bad is because I laughed <laughs> and then those words came out of my um, mouth and I'm
1: I, I did. Think that drugs and alcohol was going to do that. And it did for a while. And then it actually made those holes bigger and it expanded. It strengthened how much I needed to fill those. But, you know, I just got so. I got so. Fucked up in my own head of thinking, you know, first off, thinking that I wasn't ever going to be able to fill those holes and therefore. If I were to let someone in close to me, it's just, I feel bad for them.
2: Do you feel yeah. like you were really cognizant of the fact that there were holes? Like, do you? Oh, think oh, yeah,
1: yeah. You, but, I, yeah. but, but that's also look. I, I had, by the time I met you, gone through decades of therapy, and uh, I had been in recovery for a long time. Yeah, and and committed to. There was certainly periods where I was more disciplined than others, but you know, uh, I was let's see, 2011 ish. So, you know, I was close to like a nine to ten years sober when you met me. Yeah, and um, I had you know really been forced forced to identify those holes, those shortcomings, and those. Character flaws, at least as I perceive them. And then I had to do something about that. So whether or not I was aware of them is unquestionable. I absolutely was. Whether or not I had them right. (laughs)
2: Right. You know,
1: I may may have even gotten wrong what I thought my holes that needed to be filled were. But the holes were there in my mind. And I certainly by no means uh, looked to people to fix that for me. In fact, I got to the point and I almost both consciously and subconsciously worked to get to the point where I needed no people in my life uh, thinking that it was efficient or I was streamlining the way that I had gotten. It's
2: really interesting because when when we first started dating, uh, it was really frustrating because you acted like you were interested in, in some ways. Um, but then there was this feeling like you were also trying to hold me at arm's length at the same time, you know? So it was like, I mean, looking back on it and, and knowing you now, I feel like I understand that there was a large amount of fear there. And, and you were like, I, I know this is, could be good, but I also feel like it could also be really bad. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, it's like it, it, it's like you were, it was like a, a, a you know, like push and pull, a, a combination push and pull where sometimes, you know, I, I just remember one time saying to you, um, you know, in a moment of feeling really exuberantly connected to you. And I think we'd been together for a couple months at this point, And I said, let's grow old together. I remember you just laughed at me and it was not like a mean spirited laugh um but it was a laugh like you just didn't there's like there was no way that that was happening
1: yeah and um i i don't that's the difference i think for me is that i i really didn't hold you at arm's length or at least i i didn't put any effort into doing so what what the difference was is that i genuinely was interested i just The idea of having a successful long-term relationship didn't mean that much to me at that point.
2: Well, yeah, because I think that you didn't believe it was possible for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know? you know, I mean, I I know you say like I I don't it didn't occur to you or you didn't think that you were holding me at arm's length, but you also weren't opening up. And I think that's no, a, no, no, no. Right. I think that's yeah. a big a big thing that people don't understand is that um, you know, and I get it because. For a large portion of my adult life, I thought that I was very trusting and um, really open to people and a really good friend and all of these things. And then, you know, when we started working with our therapist in 2016 together, who was I mean, I've been in therapy pretty much my whole life. (laughs) <laughs> and well, not my whole life, but it started when I was 19. She, she started as a zygote. <laughs> at, <in therapy. laughs> Basically doing therapy in the womb. Um, I remember like, I don't know if I told the story on here or not, but we were going through a really rough time. We had Magnolia was about two years old and it just felt like, it just felt like it wasn't working. It felt, and I was very angry at you and I felt like you were depressed all the time. And, I felt like you, it was your fault. And, um, you know, a friend of ours introduced us to this incredible therapist. And I remember I set up the meeting with him and he sat and talked to us for about an hour. And he said, OK, I'd like to see you both together once a week. And then Bianca, I'd like to see you once a week. (laughs) And I was like, what? Me? no. No, no, you mean, you meant to say Michael. Mm. I could not believe it. And then, um, I don't know, I think it was about four months in, I was like, oh, 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 okay. I just didn't realize. I didn't realize how much was underneath there that was coming up. And, you know, and I'll never forget the first thing, one of the first things he said to us is he, we were on a, uh, FaceTime with him, and he pointed at both of us, and he said, "You are the problem, and you are the solution." And I think that was such an important thing. Meaning,
1: we are, we are both, both of us are both.
2: Both of us are both, yeah. and that it is never just one person. I think that is um, it's a, it's a partnership in every sense, and that you're a team in a relationship. And I think that what. What I learned besides so much about myself through our time with him and, and the therapy that we did together, which we worked very hard, both of us, and I'm really proud of us for everything that we uh, worked through together, um, is that, you know, I really do believe m- maybe there are some people that are not meant to be together, but I don't- <laughs> of course. Yeah, but but I but I think I do think that if two people genuinely fall in love, I, I think that it that's always there. I just think that some people aren't willing to do the work. Well, right. That's well, what I okay. It's like I I I my my point is is that we went through a state where I looked at you and was like, this is the wrong person for me. Yeah. You know? And then when we did the work, I recognized that what's so beautiful, I think, about human relationships is that our intuition and our subconscious knowing of ourselves is so attuned that we can, from across the way, single out someone energetically that is the perfect key to healing ourselves. And so you'll pick somebody who you know, at first will be amazing. And like for that first season of three months, oh, that's why she said the season is because uh, after three months, all the freak flags start to come out. So Mm -hmm. in that that first, the first three months you're all on, you know, endorphins and the dopamine's going crazy. And so you're, you're blind really. And then all of a sudden, and you're both putting on your best behavior. And then after that time, it's like stuff starts to, show itself that's real. And you go, wait wait a minute, I, this wasn't the person I was for three months, you know? And that's why when I have friends who like the first two weeks are like, he's the most incredible, perfect, you know? And I, I'm like, maybe he is, but you, you, you can't tell that now. They don't, you don't know that right now, but anyway, but the, but the beauty of it is, is that like your, your intuition picks someone who is, if you allow it to be, ultimately perfection for your own healing. Now, maybe you aren't going to spend the rest of your lives together, but I do think that if two people are willing to get down and dirty and and really do the work, and it's not for the faint of heart, it is soul crushing. I mean, you have to get vulnerable. And that means like when you're in an argument with someone stopping yourself and looking at the way you're thinking about it and recognizing that like you're choosing old behaviors that you've probably done for your entire life that are defensive, that get you into an angry hard place where it's impossible to talk to each other lovingly. And most people do that. The minute that something gets triggered, they're in a no win situation with each other. And what we've had to do is we've had to, in those moments slow ourselves down and it's so hard because you want because i i I get it like you want to be right you want to be the one that's like no i i'm bringing this up because you're the one who did something wrong and then the other person's like no but you did something wrong and it's like no that's not getting anywhere
1: it's not getting you anywhere i mean i think that's a large part of why people are suffering by and large right now because they just want to get online and Be right. Liberal wants to yell at the conservative and vice versa. And the progressive hates the QAnon guy and Antifa this. And you know what I'm saying? I I think that there's just, there's no room for kind of reasonable conversation because everyone's so emotionally charged in what they want to say. Yeah. You know?
2: I I saw this video um, of this guy uh, holding a sign up in Ottawa with the, you know, the truckers convoy Mm. For those of you that don't know, there's this, you know, I don't know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of trucks that have converged into Iowa and uh, Iowa into Ottawa and are saying they're going to stay there until um, Canada lives, lifts the mandates. And there was this guy holding a sign and he was so pissed off and he was like, I can't remember what his sign said, but it was it was angry and and kind unkind and he essentially was like, get the fuck out of here. And um, this woman walks up to him and she just starts having a conversation with him. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm really proud of you. And he said, what? She's like, I'm really proud of you. It's hard to be the minority. And he like looks at her like, what? She's like, you're the only one here that's saying you don't want this. And all these other people are here very much. In Together solidarity. In solidarity. Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. And then she starts to say, you know, we just want stuff to go back to normal, too. And he was like, yeah. And it was so incredible to watch these two people very much do And thanks to her calm and peaceful way of speaking with him um, to both recognize that they really were fighting for the same thing. They really were asking for the same things. Yeah, you know? and, 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 and
1: even if you're, even if there isn't anything fighting for, just that we all kind of feel and believe the same way, we really do.
2: I, I do. I think I really do think that this is the strangest and kind of saddest thing that has happened in these last couple of years. Is that there has been so much made of what each side is saying or not saying or doing or not doing and and very little made of how aligned we actually are in in what we want because I think I don't like, know
1: well, I also don't think I'm sorry to interrupt you but I also don't think that when we do when people do make those kind of human connections you just don't see it it's uh, probably no, but, going on a lot but
2: that's exactly my know, that's but, exactly my mm. point is that it there is. There is very little uh, to be made of of what there is in common. Like if there, it, like you were saying, if it is there, nobody's showing it, and I think everybody's eyes are on news that's very one sided. Or
1: unless you're into great news with Kevin and Mike <laughs> available everywhere, podcasts are available, and also on YouTube. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, little gets made of it, but I also think that we just see things now. You know. Uh, take anything whether it's important or not like um the other night at uh, dinner we were having that conversation with people where it's like you know athletes in the good old days fill in the blank they had character they stayed with the same team they but be- and i was like listen all of your whimsical ideas about athletes in past generations it's all just based on the fact that we didn't see their personal life yeah. like we do now, yeah, and politicians and fill in the everyone. It's like we see stuff now. We see protests, we see literally et- we see on everything. every section of the globe. We're constantly looking at protests, looking at fist fights, looking at you know fill well, in the blank. And you know? not
2: only that, but you see everything. And then depending on how you choose to see it, based on your perception mm-hmm. or your uh, affiliation. Then you've got algorithms that are continuing to make sure that you see it only in that way. Yeah. yeah. So you're so then you're only seeing that one side of it. And, um, you know, and also I, I just think like, you know, I've been getting ready to get off Instagram, probably not in totality, but um, I'm I'm setting up my website, as you know, um, to be able to put my writing out Blue there
1: Keeping <laughs> dot Keep an open mind for it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all the footage is shot by Michael himself. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, all the
1: footage, at least so far on your real website, it is shot it by is Michael. It is shot by you,
2: but it's yes. also, yes, it's beautiful. It's, it is, you did, you took beautiful photographs.
1: I, I don't, I don't consider myself much of a photographer, but those are good photographs. Well,
2: you did have good direction. It's true. And um,
1: everything I do in life, but for, the I, past, but- for the past, for the past 10 years, I get good direction
2: are you complaining on, on everything are you complaining
1: no. I'm gonna go pee real quick can you want to tell me no. how to do it the right way
2: why are you being like that ah, just I was just
1: joshing I really do have to pee hold on
2: but I I hate it and then you leave me alone here
1: I can edit it out
2: you're a you're a performer
1: to millions of people You're not comfortable being on a camera for a couple
2: minutes? Well, it's not that I'm uncomfortable. It's just that there's not much to say when you're not here. Talk about the
1: beautiful change in weather here in Texas.
2: It's very cold. It went from, I don't know, 70s or so, and now it's 22 degrees outside, (laughs) which is why I'm wearing my lovely hat, Um, but also because my hair is terrible. Um, and we had a little snow on the ground this morning, which was exciting. I've always wanted to live. Well, I did when I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. There was snow quite a bit. Um, but I, I missed that living in California, even though we could drive to it. You pee more than any person I know. I drink a lot of water and a lot of coffee. Drink a lot of water, man. Anyway, what I was saying was that, um... I just don't think it's good. <laughs> I don't think it's healthy for us to be, you know, constantly inundated with uh, all these images of other people's lives. It's like, not, I, I Like, even even if it weren't for the fact that they are um, filtered and, you know, made to be perfect. like Yeah,
1: I, no, even if they were curated. I just don't think, I think, and, you know, I, I, uh, there's been... lot wiser people than me who have there's wiser people than you (laughs) i know it's hard to believe um (laughs) who have come to this conclusion but and and i've been uh interested in it and and sampled these people's writings um that you, you, you we're the brain the homo sapien brain is actually really has a does have a limit to how many other homo sapiens we're supposed to be really interacting with
2: is that true yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that.
1: And um, yeah, I believe it was Sebastian Younger. It, it was, it was the, I believe it was Tribe, the book um, I read that was, but it, it was like 120. That well, when I it, mean, they analyzed the people, that, it makes sense. That, yeah. Look,
2: I'm so much happier now that we are on this land and yes. we literally can't see a soul. Like, and
1: you, I well, and you get a lot more me time, meaning time <laughs> with me.
2: <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but just not having to walk out the front door and engage in anyone else's opinion about anything is delightful. Yeah. I I, I got scared for about 24 hours when we, the day before we moved into the house. And I was like, uh, I mean, it, it's a huge change going from Venice Beach where literally, literally you could reach out and touch our neighbor's house on either side to um, nothing but trees and land. and I you know. could
1: shoot firearms all the live long day. And like people might hear it. Our neighbors do. But it's not very, you know what I'm saying? Like we are far away from other people and, uh, it's, it's, and, and it's, it's very nice.
2: It's a, it's a good um, balance. It's a good me- medium, not medium. medium. Median. Thank yes. you. Um, for us, because it, <laughs> it, uh, it, we, we did it right because this place is rural, but we're still very close to, to, Austin, yeah. to Austin and 20 minutes to basically where Maggie goes to school, which is suburbia. I mean, it's completely every store you could want. And then like two minutes, the other direction is a little town that has, you know, just a few basics. So it's, I mean, I'm already feeling like, we could go more rural. I I feel that.
1: I I I'm fine with that. We're not moving. <laughs> if you want to get a second home, when uh what? when you're when you're why not, smash not stream, saying, streaming I'm not, series I'm not comes s- in
2: saying tomorrow. Please
1: do whatever you can you to stop it? doing that to the wire. What? Because if I have to redo oh, oh, this sorry. podcast again, because we did one before, what well, was her and I like three weeks ago, and <laughs> yeah. I had audio to do. So like. If I have to do that again, I'm. Uh,
2: I'm sorry, I, I wasn't touching the wire. I was touching the the little piece of plaster or whatever our mess our daughter's making. Um,
1: but I, I, we're not moving. If you want to get a second home, but why? In like, why, I mean, like in, Wyoming, in, in and years, Wyoming in the middle in of nowhere. In
2: ten years, you might go like, yeah, we could go more rural and.
1: No, not me. I'm cool. Where, I mean, that happens so much in our lives, right? Where you'll say like, well, what if we in a. And I go, well, if you want that, I'm open to it, but I'm cool. Like, I really don't want to.
2: What if, mm-hmm. like, someone buys the land next to us and all of a sudden you have, like, neighbors that you or What if, like, I mean. you just, if, I just if, don't if, think if it you became, can... like,
1: a hotel or something. Yeah, sure. Um.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm
1: not. Listen, I'm open to it. I know. I obviously am. I, I, but I, I just, I'll... I think, like, it was so much make it happen
2: well and and i'm so comfortable now yes and it was really jarring like it Mm -hmm. happened i think we told this in the other podcast but it literally was like the week of july the last week in july we came here we looked at the school for maggie we saw the house online we saw it on a virtual tour two days later we made the offer and a month later we were here it, there there yes. was no time for the brain to even process like, I bought
1: my first home without ever being in it
2: <laughs> yeah. Mike I came and I did the inspection and obviously if it wasn't great I would have said like it but and it was it was amazing it was perfect for us um very it was very much us mm-hmm. and um and it's and it's lovely it's so warm and cozy and um i mean we'll see how we feel about the warm and cozy part when it's like 115 degrees outside but, that's a damn good point but but i it, it is it's so it reminds me of part my childhood home part the cabin that i um, grew up in my parents had a lake place and so it has a lot of really nostalgic is feeling it Lake when lake Wenatchee, mm-hmm. yeah in eastern washington so um and it is a it's an ideal place to really um you know, let go of all that stuff that we tend to hold on to. And, you know, I'm I'm realizing the more and more that I can't kind of get into my writing and I stop myself from perusing Instagram. And, um, I, I feel very held here. I feel very much in line with, um, the belief that everything is taken care of for us, that. Well,
1: much like Ellie, our therapist used to tell us that you're the problem, you're the solution. Yeah. I, I think like uh. I I really do feel like, yes, we're in a much better place for, for us and for our daughter. But I also feel like if something arises that isn't, I just I'll fix it for myself, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, and I, I,
1: I really have the confidence in that now. I don't know what you know, there was a traumatic shift. And how I looked at the world, even. Not just my own life and depression and self-worth and all this stuff. There's a dramatic shift in how I looked at everything that exists in the world. Uh, about, I would say a year before. So, like, 2019. Um, where I just uh, care about so much less. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean care in a compassionate way. I definitely care about people of the world and all... all Creatures, I have a, a certain level of... But where I was like, I don't care what happens with fashion. I don't care about yeah. the new music trends. I don't care what fill-in-the-blank celebrity had to say. I don't care what this guy wears and his style and whether or not the, this style of jean is in this season. I just, I, I just don't... Genuinely, I'm like, I don't know. I don't really give a shit. But I,
2: but I think that like that is the part that the social media yeah. does that you're not even aware of like, I I really truly believe it's a subconscious like slow, low grade brainwashing where you don't even realize how it has just insidiously sort of seeped in Mm -hmm. because when we got here and we were, I was like pulling the stuff together in the house. And I love that. I mean, it's my favorite thing to do is decorate and make things feel homey and like us. And um, it's so interesting because I started to, become aware of how much I was thinking like, this doesn't look perfect. This doesn't look like so-and-so's picture does on Instagram. And I was like, wow, it's so pervasive. You Mm -hmm. don't even recognize that it has, uh, totally infiltrated your ability to just be at peace by yourself, like just to be okay with things as they are. And so I actually started, Going in the opposite direction, which was like, I would look at something and I, the only thing I would really allow myself to think about is, do I like this? Do I love this? Does it make me feel good? Does it serve a, a, a meaningful purpose for us either in the function of our home or in, you know, making life a little happier or brighter for us every day when we wake up? And I do think that there, I w- could recognize that this shift had happened Where my brain, instead of going, oh, this looks nice for me, would be filing through like old Instagram pictures in my head, thinking of what other people's stuff looked like. And that's so weird.
0: Yeah.
2: So so it's strange. And and I and that's what I don't think people genuinely realize is how much it's affecting their ability to just love themselves as they are, because you're constantly. Going through a daily, you know, feed of everything where everybody's picture is made to look like perfection, and then and then on top of that, it's put to music and it's got captions on it and it's oh look at that little guy, I haven't seen one like that before yet. Have you? It looks like a little pigeon.
0: pigeon.
2: There's so many. We have a little feeder right outside this our dining room area. With some
1: sweet in it. Paul Saladino. He's very proud. <laughs>
2: And uh, so many birds! Oh my gosh, so many! I didn't know that there could be that different colors of.
1: I didn't know that there's plumage. that. Plumage. I didn't know that there's that much variety within just
2: one assume, little spot. One yes, that's yeah. what I mean. Obviously, I know in the world there are crazy, crazy creatures, but like to just have it in our backyard, and they're so delightful to watch. And and that's the thing, isn't it? Is is and what I'm feeling and learning here more and more. I I was saying this to you the other day the the call of my own heart and voice has been so strong here. Mm -hmm. When I do stray and do stuff that is not conducive to my best mental health, it gets really loud. And I, and I feel it so strongly that just the, come on,
1: there's a little more awareness of it, put
2: all that stuff away. Like just be here, just be in this moment with whatever's happening. And sometimes it's shit. Sometimes it's, it's, I mean, I I woke up one night here in a complete and utter terror because I was like, what, who am I here? What if I, what if I never act again? What if I don't, you know, uh, figure out what is, what is right for me to do for a living? Like what I just, the, the move in itself brought up so much. And so I was like, I had this feeling of like, I don't know who I am. And, and i'm learning to be with that and just sit in it and to recognize like it can't hurt you it can't hurt you to sit with those really uncomfortable feelings right. it's like the old saying clouds can't hurt the sky it's you are the sky and everything that's happening is just the clouds moving across you there might be thunder there might be lightning there might be tornadoes but you're the sky you're always there you're what you what you truly are in your heart is always present and can sit in the the worst of the worst and still be okay.
1: We always limit what we think we're capable of doing and tolerating and all that.
2: Oh my gosh, 100%. I was, you know, we were talking about this. I mean, just to, to connect it to something as simplistic as being at the gym. I thought that so much lately where I think about, you know, I'm about to turn 45 next month. That's so close to 50. (laughs) And I was thinking about like what people think about when you think about like your mid 40s or your early 50s or even 60s, whatever, 70s, 80s. And how you hear everybody say like, oh, my body just hurts. Like, that's just the way it goes. No,
1: it doesn't have to be.
2: No. And this is the thing is that we are so quick to put a cap on what we're capable of. And I said this to you earlier today, right? About healing and about having things happen that are kind of beyond your wildest fantasies. And I really do believe that a big part of it is that like, how terrifying would it be if you achieved those great things that you think are impossible? Like you, you, it's like me waking up in the middle of the night going, I don't know who I am. Like, who are you when you get to that place where so much of what you've wanted comes true? Then what?
1: Well, that's I think that's why so many really successful people and really wealthy people are so depressed. It's because there's an assumption that, you know, something you're so passionate about that you you are just dead set on achieving this whether it be a certain level of fame or a certain level of professional acclaim or a certain level of wealth and and it's not easy to do any of those things or a certain level of achievement in 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 uh sports um you realize like you're still the same woman the same guy when you then achieve it and it's like that's got to be unbelievable it's got to be mind-blowing because you're like wait a second i'm not living in heaven now i'm not uh walking on water oh my god like this isn't i i yes i have a lot of money i have a lamborghini and all the hot chicks in the world i was like but i still go to sleep and i'm the same guy this is right. fucking terrifying
2: right but but i'm but that's because those people haven't contended with the man or woman in the mirror they they never sat with what they were and learned to love them just as they were, with all. So they've made it to that place, and they still don't love that person. So yeah. they, I think a lot of people think, "Oh, if I just get to this place, then I'll." The, I mean, I don't think they, I don't think they specifically think then I'll love myself, but I think that's the idea: is like, "Oh, if I get there, everything will feel everything great."
1: Everything will. Be, well, just like we were talking about with relationships, people assume that they're going to fill the uh, the missing hole, in, right? You know, whatever. But what
2: I'm saying is a little different. What I'm saying is, if you can imagine yourself achieving, let, let's just say, say something even as simple as, um, let's say you're really out of shape and you have this dream of, of, you know,
1: being in better shape,
2: being, yeah. Well, I was trying to think of like, a, a how, how, like, you know, the, that, being in the best shape of your life Mm -hmm. like really being strong and fit what's going on our daughter's asking us if she can have a snack did you already have one of those
0: today you didn't I had one of the bars
2: oh that's totally different um okay (laughs) thank you (laughs) um yeah not just like because that's the other thing is I, I think that That we tend to set our goals lower for ourselves because that feels more attainable, right? Yes. And that doesn't mean that you're saying like, "Oh, tomorrow I'm gonna be." But, but let's say that. Let's say the. Let me let me put it this way: Who would you be if you woke up tomorrow, and you were the healthiest you've ever been, and in the best shape of your life? I feel like that's kind of like. I'd be me. You would? I'd be
1: myself. Yes,
2: you would. Because you, yes, you do the work. But I'm saying for a lot of people, but for you, it's something different, right? Right. right. Um, I mean, what would it be for you? It would be, uh, I don't know.
1: I really don't know. I don't think about it that much. Maybe that's I just, no, but I don't know if it is a problem. I think about what... Keeps me fulfilled and makes me feel like a human being moment to moment. Right. I right. I don't
2: know. Okay. But, but I, because I think that in some ways there is that limiting ceiling of what, because like you say to me all the time, you're like, well, I, I, I hurt my back. That's just, you know, I'm in my forties. So, yeah, no, so there's is that self-limiting, that, yeah. but like, okay, so let's say, you know, to wake up tomorrow and to be in the absolute best health and best shape, um, no ailments Something that uh, really is bothering you or is an illness that you're dealing with is gone. Like, if you think about that, it's kind of terrifying.
1: Well, and it also th- removes what should make it amazing when it when it would be gone the natural way. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you could wake up and have, uh, you know, Bruce Lee's physique tomorrow wake, you know, just 24 and just fall asleep. And then you wake up in the morning. Um, there's, Eventually you're going to lose sight of how, why that feels good. It won't feel good. If you, but, if you were to earn right. that, you would feel. Well,
2: yes. But I also think, listen, I'm not saying, I mean, let's say then it's not, you wake up the next morning. Let's say a year from now, you've gotten yourself in a mental place and you've done the work.
1: And where do you go from there? And,
2: and, and, but I think more of it is that like, there's a part of us that like, who am I? If I don't have my ailments, who am I if I don't have the thing that I complain about all the time? Who am
1: I if I if I actually objectively looked at Trump or Biden? You know who I wouldn't have my who, my cool little, uh, you know, anti snowflake well, meme for a, or, or, a Twitter who, handle, you know, or whatever it who, is. Who
2: am I? Who who would I be if I was able to sit in my own beliefs so securely that it didn't matter what anyone else said or thought because right. I know what I think and believe and they can say and think whatever they want to believe yeah. and I could still love that person and be around that person and absolutely feel non-threatened by right. that. But but more importantly, I think even more specifically it, about people attaining things that they that in their mind they go like, yeah, I would love to be in the best shape of my life, and but I would that's love not to for be. Me. But, but I don't even think it's that it's, that's not for me. I think it's that you have so identified with the person that you are with the limitations that you have, that you don't even think it's possible that there could be a version of you that is without those things. And honestly, like I've, I've sat with this. I've really tried to think like, gosh, if I didn't have, you know, A, B or C, that's a really like, because then it puts the onus on you and it feels like you are actually more in control of life and your reality within it than anyone has ever led you to believe. Right. Because we're all kind of feel like, oh, it's, you know, we're we're uh, victims of fate. We're, we're at the mercy of however life unfolds. And I don't necessarily believe that that's true anymore. I actually think that our minds are so powerful and yet we have been raised in this culture that just continuously confronts us with our limitations to the point that we don't even listen to our own bodies anymore. We think we have to go to somebody to be told what's wrong with us.
1: Right. Well, yeah. And uh, it's almost like being devoid of mental, physical, spiritual pain. Seems like it's surreal to most. You know what I'm saying? Like they almost—it's like, yes, that sounds, uh, that sounds utopian. But that's not—that's re- not real. In reality, I have low back pain. In reality, I'm going to die of diabetes. In reality, do you want to you know? know?
2: You want to know something really interesting? Hmm. You know, I'm reading that book about uh ecstasy—not the drug, but actual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, the, the ecstatic, human experience, ecstatic experience. And what's really fascinating is that, um, at a certain point in the 1800s, um, actually probably it was even earlier than that. I'm always terrible with dates, but you know, people, there's so many, there's so many stories and, and people that we know about Joan of Arc and, uh, you know, St. Teresa of Avila, like people who had channeled messages and heard voices and, And guidance from beyond, guidance from beyond. And um, what happened is that slowly they uh, started to poo poo anybody having any sort of religious ecstatic experience, and to the point that in psychiatry they started to label it as being maniacal, mental illness. Yeah. And so people who would have these occurrences would actually not talk about there's it
1: there's only a certain level of happy you can be that's healthy you understand
2: <laughs> but 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 we we it altered yeah. it used to be that i mean in, in a lot of indigenous cultures uh, a person who has is having like what we would deem a psychotic break is actually made the the tribe oracle yeah. and and people go to that person to hear about their future or to you know they 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 put these people up on a pedestal because they've had a a you know
1: i i think it's beautiful in in a pure sense but that can go so south so quickly but but, what if someone who's having this guidance is truly psychiatrically ill you know like charles manson is a perfect example i understand he was looked at as this oracle okay
2: right but Mm -hmm. but with these people yeah it hasn't been handled the way that no ancient no, no, cultures would no, have handled it no. so so yes maybe maybe the the deal is is that these people do go down a sordid path because no one is there to hold them in the experience that they're having mm-hmm. and actually point them to the right or not even i wouldn't say the right because i don't believe that there's a right or wrong but to be held in that journey if, of if experiencing charles it.
1: manson grew up in a purely loving and and consider environment that was devoid of like money and Structured, you know, idea, religious ideas. Uh, he may yeah. You're, pro- you're probably right. He wouldn't become a 38 year old.
2: But so, like in the hospitals, yeah. there used to be nurse. There used to be nuns. Yeah. And there well, it was,
1: still is in in like religious. Right. I mean, there's a lot of Catholicly owned hospitals. But
2: in all hospitals, it mm, used to yeah. be it used to be nuns. Mm. And then they politicized this, and and they removed. There was a movement to remove the nuns so that nurses would be in place so that they could do have a separation of church and state. Right. And the thing that happened in that was that there wasn't again, no longer an appreciation or a holding of space for people that were having these experiences of, of a religious nature or of an ecstatic nature. And they would just say, no, you're, you're actually uh, mentally ill. Yeah. And I just think it's fascinating because I, I believe that we are all, I think it's crazy that, you know, you hear in, in the Bible and any sort of old text. There's a lot of talk of people hearing voices or being led in certain directions. You don't hear that anymore. If you hear that, it's about a crazy person. Yeah, like, no, you, I mean, they, they, it,
1: you, you you commit
2: that person. We were watching yeah. that show Messiah, right? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like, if somebody came forth today and said, I'm the son of God. Well, here my the, not
1: if I used to hear it quite often in Venice. <laughs> I mean, I'm being serious, that, that's actually pretty common. Um, is this messianic kind of um, right condition? You know, for pe- people who are severely ill. Um, yeah, I, used to, I I can remember one guy clearly who was screaming that he was Jesus, um, and it was, you know the cops were trying their best to contain it because he was loud and screaming and claiming he's the son of God and.
2: Um, I mean, my point is in this kind of ramble is just that, uh, you know, not that if you have your voices that you shouldn't maybe speak to somebody that can hold you through that. Well, I but, mean,
1: I but, th- we've got to make clear there's a difference. Uh, disembodied, actual disembodied voices isn't necessarily the same thing as getting something super powerful that you've never felt before that is guiding you from beyond. Right. You know? and, but
2: I don't even know if maybe some of the voices, who knows? I mean, I think the point is, is that where medicine has gotten involved, yeah. there's a, there's a very, there's very little understanding of what actually is occurring or taking place. And I think there are a lot of <coughs> cultures that have much uh, uh, more elegant and, and, uh, meaningful ways mm. of, of dealing with these kinds of things. But my point in bringing this up at all is just that I believe we have been led so far from ourselves and that for most people, there is a complete and utter disconnect from their true and sincere ability to take themselves to places that they would never dream possible.
1: We Absolutely. I think the, the mental limitations that we put on ourselves are probably so much more extensive and strong than we even know. Like we we constantly, and I'm not saying this as do as I say, not as I do. I am that guy too. And I think it's just, it's become so, as you said, it's become so ubiquitous and pervasive that you don't even sometimes realize you're doing it, that you could be and do so much more, but you're telling yourself like, well, this is where I have to cut it. Yeah. So Anyway, we got to wrap this up. we've been this is like a Joe Rogan episode at this point. Yes, you know after uh, after you and Maggie came are we, through, are we making blessed his, me his paycheck. I'm working on it. <laughs> In this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, we, we do. do. Thank you for listening to Believe.